If you blinked, then you might have missed it. It's just how fast Art Riles' tenure at Grambling State really was. And Candace Cooper joins the show to detail her experiences as the host of the CIAA tournament. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me today. And today's episode of Locked On HBCU is brought to you by Run Your Pool. If you want your shot at a cash prize, Play against us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, make something for the business, for your family, for your friends. Start your own pool and get $10 off with the promo code Pure Madness. And Art Brow's tenure was done like that, quicker than a snap from Thanos to erase half of the population. It only took five days. But Art Brow's has resigned from the offensive coordinator position at Grambling. I'm going to give you the facts and I'm going to give you my theory. My theory is speculation. I'm giving this disclaimer right now. My theory is pure speculation. It's currently, it's not even 7 o'clock central right now, right, on Monday. I'm just letting you know. So before you hear this, some more information might have to get our timestamps together, all right? My theory that I'm going to give is pure speculation based on what I think could have happened. Nothing more, nothing less. But let's give you the facts first, because the facts are the facts, and these are necessary. Because, look, Grambling did not fire Art. Art was not fired by the University of Louisiana School Board. It, none of that happened. What happened, what we know, is that Art resigned. And I'm going to read it to you. This is what he said, and he posted it on Twitter. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a part of your coaching staff at Grambling State University. Unfortunately, I feel that my continued presence will be a distraction to you and your team, which is the last thing that I want. And I have the utmost respect for the university and your players. Now let's get into that. I don't think he's lying. I, I think he might've thought the timing was right. I don't agree with it. I think that the backlash showed that that's not the case, but I think he might've thought the backlash would not have been as significant. Maybe Grambling did as well. That would have been a gross miscalculation on everybody's part though. Because this is a situation where I expected it to founder, but I did not expect for it to sink this quickly. I did not at all. I thought that it would take until about April 28th when the board was going to vote on it. We discussed that on yesterday's episode. And this was a developing story that I kind of put to bed a little bit yesterday. When this news came out and I was just shocked, I said, well, I guess it's not the bed. It's time to wake the kids up. It's time to wake the kids up because he, he decided to announce his resignation. And I think that maybe there was a miscalculation as far as how much backlash this was going to get from not just the Grambling student body, not just those connected to Grambling, because Doug Williams did say he was out before it happened. So they didn't know that was going to happen. But I think just the national scrutiny 
that he had to that he had to withstand. And it was going to be a distraction as long as he was on campus. It was going to be a distraction for those volleyball players, for those soccer players, for those women's uh, basketball players, for the women track and field athletes, for the softball players. Those are things that were going to happen. And I thought that Grambling was aware that that was going to happen. But from this statement, it seems like they just miscalculated. That's what we're going to say. That's our word of the day, right? We are going to have, we do are going to announce the word of the day. We are going to actually have one. We do have one from Miriam Webster. But as far as this situation goes, miscalculation seems to be the common thought here in my mind. But going forward, I think this is the end of Art Brow's tenure as a college coach. See, he left Baylor. Time went on. His name got connected to jobs, got shot down every time because of this. He got connected to the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the CFL. That's professional ball. Got shot down because of this. He went to Mount Vernon. He was able to have, I think, two years there. Had his own controversy there, but he had his own controversy, but he was able to get past it. Then he finally tried to come back to the collegiate ranks and somebody gave him a chance. But then that got shot down. This was the closest that we've seen Art Bryles to returning to the collegiate ranks. And the world said, your five, six years that has been, we didn't forget. I don't think we're going to forget. He's done in college ball. I do not expect to see Art Bryles get another job at least on the collegiate ranks. Now, I've seen him be able to go to, to high school and get a job as a coach. Is what it is. That happens. But on the collegiate ranks, I think we just saw that, no, nah, this is over. I don't think there's any more future there. So um, I think that's it for, for Art Browse. What this means for Hugh Jackson, because this is all just weird, the, the, the letterhead from the foundation just talking about forgiveness and everything, it's weird. I haven't even completely wrapped my head around the way that they're going about or we're going about announcing this hire. I just haven't wrapped my head around it. But here goes my theory. Pure speculation, not founded on anything. It's 6.48 p.m. Central Time, CST. But this is my opinion. I think, and I always have, you know, conspiracy theories when people resign, like why did they really resign? Why weren't they fired? I think that Grambling okayed it, so clearly he was going to be on. Hugh okayed it, so clearly he was going to be on. But the one group of people who had not okayed it was the, the University of Louisiana School Board. The University of Louisiana School Board did not okay or approve Art Brow's hire yet. That was supposed to be voted on April 28th. But also, it had to go through President Jim Henderson's office first. It is my belief, not founded in anything, but it's my belief that he wasn't going to be approved. The University of Louisiana probably passed down the message that this was not going to be approved due to the history conflicting with the current emphasis of pushing reporting sexual assault and sexual misconduct on campus. And then they said, look, we brought you on. They being Grambling said, we brought you on. I think you should just go ahead and resign before it's announced that you're not going to be able to be brought on. That's what I think, and I don't think it's conspiracy theory, but I do think the timing was weird. I think the idea that understanding his continued presence was going to be a distraction is an odd thing to say. I think it's something you should have already known, even if it was a miscalculation as far as how much you should have known that was going to happen. I believe, just me, no sources just standing on this, though, that it was clear to the university 
of Louisiana that they were not going to pass this hire, pass that message down to Grambling State, who passed that message down to Art Browse and Hugh Jackson and the coaching staff. And they said, hey, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But one thing that is for sure, even with the resignation, him stepping out, maybe even more so with the resignation and not being fired, Art Browse is gone. The shadow of Art Browse is still going to loom over the beginning of the Hugh Jackson tenure in Grambling. And it's crazy to say because he built up so much favor and he seems so beloved that the public seems to completely have turned against him. You're going to have some with him still. But I think the, the majority of people seem to be against Hugh Jackson in this move. And it seemed to have taken a lot of the favor away from him. But going forward, we're going to be talking to Candace Cooper. She's going to be breaking down everything that was going on. The CIAA tournament switched from North Carolina to Baltimore. What was that like? What was the difference in environment? Because I saw the videos. I want to hear the firsthand account, though. But first, I want to tell you about Run Your Pool because this is the best place to run all of your brackets for March Madness. March is tomorrow. March is today. I'm talking about recording. March is today. So you know March Madness is right around the corner. This is the number one place to do all of your brackets. Come play against us. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. Play and get a cash prize. And here's the reason that I'm going to make sure that I put my bracket in. And that's because unlike ESPN, unlike CBS, Run Your Pool is going to give me all of this intel, all of these details to make sure that I'm able to know what I'm doing when I'm picking. I'm a novice in this. So if you're a novice, don't feel ashamed. I'm right there with you. Come on, let's be novices together. But they're going to make sure that at the worst, I may not be an expert, but I'm going to be more than a knowledgeable fan analyst. Be a couch analyst. Who don't like being a couch analyst on the game, right? Run Your Pools allows me to do that because now I know more about these teams than I did coming in. It's too many teams for me to know everybody, but they're making sure that I don't make any bad decisions. At least I'm educated, right? That's the best part about Run Your Pool. And if you want to have your own friends and family do it, Create your own bracket and use the promo code Pure Madness for $10 off at checkout. All right, let's keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And today's word of the day is founder, not in the typical sense, but this means to collapse, fail, or sink. We used that when discussing how Art Browse tenure at Grambling founded pretty quickly. Now, Candace Cooper will be joining the show just to discuss this weekend's CIAA tournament and everything that went on there, both on the men's and women's side. All right, now I have here with me Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC and also was the host of the CIAA tournament. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Mouth of the South. Always a pleasure to get on here and especially talk about us. It's a beautiful day. It is. And last time we were here, you discussed about just the difference. You know, you're going from North Carolina to Baltimore. How was mm -hmm. that difference for you? You know, it was love. I think I don't understand what the angst was about Baltimore, but it really wasn't that bad. I think, you know, you go to your respective parties. If you want to party, you go to the games, which I think the games were a lot more fun because so many people didn't really know what to do. So like, hey, let's just go to the game. Right. 
Um, most of the time you see in uh, Charlotte how there's so many things to do other than the game that you kind of get distracted by what you're there for, which is to celebrate these people trying to win a Seattle Blade Championship. So it was nice to see, you know, the games that weren't necessarily the ones you would think would be packed actually packed. So what, what, what were one of those games that maybe looking at it, you say, man, this was a game that was better and more packed than I thought it was going to be? Man, I think... Well, all the Winston games were filled to the brim. I think the Lincoln University squad, they showed out heavy. And who was the squad? Fayetteville State. They didn't have, they didn't roll deep, but I think I can't remember if it was Winston-Salem State versus Fayetteville State in the semifinal because I covered a lot of games in three days. But that was, I think, the strongest one. However, like I said, Winston-Salem – Everybody showed out, and they would come early. They would stay all the way through. But when their squad was in, in the building, it was just go time. So credit to their fans for being some of the most lit. I also stayed in their hotel, so they were just up morning to night, ready to go cheer on them Rams. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. it looked like a absolutely crazy atmosphere, and it was something yeah. I, I wish I could have came to Baltimore. I I you should play. have. The um, Lincoln fans probably were the worst hecklers. Like, they did not play. They was going to talk about your mothers. They was going to talk about anything. They was just like, I'm going to talk about it all. So, you know, you miss a shot. I hate it for you. You airball that thing? Good night. Like, you just, it was fun, though. Like, you had the band. You had Virginia Union. Championship game. Like, it was just, it was, it was a vibe. It looked like it. And on the women's side of things, you had uh, Livingstone and you had Virginia State both make it to the semifinals. Both mm -hmm. Cinderella, you had the bottom two seeds making it to the semifinals. Was there a point in there where you were like, I think they might be able to take it all the way? You know, I thought Virginia State was going to take it all the way because of how well those – they were hungry, right? Those girls were playing. They were balling. Livingstone, I think the Cinderella slipper finally fell off, you know, towards the end, and it was like, okay, you know, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been cute, but we definitely don't have the depth, and we're probably tired from having to play all of these games in a row. But, you know, I thought if I would have edged somebody, certainly it would be Virginia State. Okay, but unfortunately they didn't. In yeah, the, <laughs> being the number one seed, I love a Cinderella moment personally. Yeah, sure, uh, but it's okay because most Cinderella moments don't end in a championship. They yeah end on the way. I mean, the um, games were good overall. Like there were only game that to me was like a blowout. Why did you guys even come? Maybe it was the quarterfinals with Bowie State, and they scored like thirteen points, and it was like halftime. And you were just sitting here like, y'all can't be the home team playing this bad. Like, come on, ladies. Like, let's let's get into formation. What are we doing? Um, but that was probably the toughest game that was like a blowout to the point where it's like, all right, see you next year. But other than that, like I said, every game was – I almost messed it up working in like, you know, the production side. I was like, dang, somebody's going to go to overtime. And that's like the curse because you don't say that because then someone's going to go into overtime. And it's the woman, women's game. And, of course, you have the men's games next. So that just makes everything, you know, stay later. I think like the Thursday night we were there until – past midnight trying to get everything together so it was a lot of fun it was a lot of games a lot of different you know moments but overall some good basketball I think so many times you talk about HBCU culture or like the people try and knock on you know what kind of athleticism people have but mofos was balling to me <laughs> I couldn't go out there and do that right so 100%. it was cool so you mentioned something that I thought that was pretty funny right the idea of you don't say you're going to overtime because you're going to go into it. And just the mm -hmm. complicated things. I'm very superstitious. And I know we're not <laughs> supposed to like bring those things in the, into sports and whatnot. We try to act like they don't matter. But yeah. for me, it's, it's one of those things where 
Lincoln, unfortunately, they had they had a former teammate pass away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they dedicated this run to her. Yeah. I just felt like it had to be them this year. It just mm-hmm. had they had to win it all on the women's side, if for no other reason than for her. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I was bo- about to be boohoo crying with them. Like I'm just so like when I just you just saw they gave everything to that championship game, and that like, you could just hear them post game and how they were saying this one's for you, like all that stuff. It's just like you know it it means more. Sports always have that extra little you know oomph about it, and of course it's X's and O's. But at the end of the day, people go through a lot of things. People going through real life, especially college kids in this atmosphere, and to see them kind of pick themselves up and be able to compete like for that many games in a row, really just was a testament to that program. Yeah, I thought it was definitely something that tested them as far as the mental side of things. And on the physical, actually playing on the court, they were dominating pretty much the whole tournament. But there was one game versus Winston-Salem State. And that Mm -hmm. was the only close game that they actually had. What was it about that matchup that led to that being closer than the final two rounds? I'm telling you, Rams were deep. Them women, they everybody came to support them ladies. Like whether it was the women's games or men's game, they had rows and rows of people and just the energy. Of course, you feed off the crowd, and that's certainly what they did. And again, Lincoln had their group, but it wasn't like Winston Salem State, I'm trying to tell you. I, I didn't think Winston would travel like that, but they travel like that. Okay. So going forward into the next two games, it feels wrong to say what did they fix, what did they correct. Um, because they still won the game. So it feels mm-hmm. unfair to say, well, what did you fix from that game to the other? But what was the change? Do you think it was simply not having to deal with those fans that led to larger margins of victory for Living or for uh, Lincoln? Yeah, you know, I think it was just knowing, like we were just, just mentioning, knowing it's playing for something bigger than you, knowing you have to draw from something deeper and knowing that you're going to have to go out there and give your absolute all and you're going to have to lean on your sister and go out there and really play tough. And that's what they did. Every single possession that was fought for, right? They would, the way they would look at the opponent crazy, like, oh, what you thought, like, you got a foul, like, they would buck up. It was just high energy. And then once they started hitting some, like, really clutch shots, you could tell they were starting to feel like this was theirs for the taking. And this is, like, this was the moment that they had been waiting for all season. All right, so you just heard from Candace, and she detailed just an absolutely rambunctious atmosphere is something that I truthfully wish that I was there to see. And going forward, we're going to be discussing the men's side and how adversity actually built a champion this year. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.net because betonline.net has everything you could possibly need for all of your wagering. I don't care if you're into basketball. If you're talking about professional basketball, John Morant just laid somebody down with a poster last night. I don't care if you're into collegiate basketball and you want to bet on March Madness. They have both of those things. I don't care if you're into baseball and you say, man, well, baseball is just not around. But they just delivered their odds for the NCAA World Series. They have everything that you could possibly need over there at betonline.net. They have boxing. They have UFC. So, you know, they're throwing on events consistently. And even if you're not into that, say you don't want to bet on any of those sports betting things. They also have your favorite Vegas casino games. Just that diversity and the versatility that it provides you to wager on anything that you could possibly ask for is the reason why I say they are the best in the business, offering more odds, props, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts.
All right, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, we're going to dive right back into that interview I did with Candace Cooper about the CIAA tournament. She details how Fayetteville State was able to build a champion, and also I put on a spot and ask her who were the best fans there. Y'all ain't going to miss this, I promise. And let's transition into the men's side of things because mm-hmm. on the men's side, you had the number one seed win again, and that was Fayetteville State. And Fayetteville State was able to bring it down and they've credited defense continuously. Defense, defense, defense. Would you say that's the hallmark, the calling card of that team, their defense? Yeah, I think it's that. And I think it's, you know, transitions and capitalizing on turnovers. I think turnover points were big for them. And just that really brought the crowd into, you know, the game. So for them, really getting Virginia Union flustered, right? I think that was the biggest part. You could tell that Virginia Union was getting out of sorts and they were getting discouraged. Not just discouraged because they were staying in the game it wasn't like it wasn't close but it was the way Fayetteville State made you pay for anytime you made a mistake Fayetteville State was going to make sure you knew that and they were going to score accordingly and just the high energy that they brought and made people feel like okay this is theirs for the taking and I think that what I felt was super important and it was something that happened two years ago and that was Fayetteville's loss to Winston-Salem State in the 2020 you know, tournament. It was a last second loss. It's not something you don't even bring up and whatnot. Um, But that loss, how much do you think that helped them? Because there was another late run in that final game. How much do you think that pass helped them in their present? You know, I think anytime you play with a chip, it's always going to give you that a little bit of an advantage because you know what it's like to have that gut-wrenching feeling of being in a close game and not coming out on top. So that makes you hungrier for you know the following seasons. And again, you could just tell the focus. They knew it was like job not done kind of thing, and that big Kobe energy. Like it's not finished until we can hang our banner and cut the nets, all that kind of stuff. So they had that mentality, especially going into half when it was you know even – they're like, all right, back to zero zero. Let's go. Like, let's make sure that we finish the second half strong. And they did. Yeah. And I think a big part of that was Crest Worthy, who ended up being the game MVP. And he had yeah. really a, a really talented, or excuse me, a really impressive tournament run. How would mm-hmm. how how did he excuse me? How did he look to you on the court in person? Yeah, so I think what you really love in a leader is someone who's super vocal, and that's certainly something that he was, right? He was going to get in your face as a teammate or get into an opponent's face and make sure that they felt his energy and his presence, not only from an offensive side, but he was going to make sure like his teammates tightened up, right? So if you missed a play, he was going to let you know. (laughs) If you made a good shot, he was going to let you know. So I think when you are a leader like that and a captain who can really not only do well by how you communicate, but also deliver from a, you know, on the field every possession that you have, you try and do your best. So, you know, I think his presence was so essential for that team. Yeah. And now what do you see for these two teams, both, both Lincoln on the women's side, Fayetteville state on the men's side, as far as going into the tournament, what's, what's the outlook there? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's so hard to do two tournaments in a row because like, when you're playing for CIAA, right, it's different. It's a family vibe. You want to make sure that, you know, you have – you play for a different level of pride in that from that regard, right? So you're hungrier, and I don't I don't necessarily know if it tastes the same, if that makes sense. Like, sure, you have the notion of it's possible, but, like, when you're going to CIAA tournament, you're like, oh, no, it, it it's going for show happen, right? So I think it's just about having to regroup and have a different mentality, Um 
getting that rest and kind of ring up and having the same goals, right? Make taking it one game at a time, maybe it's one half or one possession at a time for Fayetteville State is going to be, you know, close games, but can they just really stay in tune with, you know, what their coach is saying? So, you know, a lot of times it looked as if like, they, they could get, let it get run away from them, but the way they have to just stay close. And then for Lincoln's sake, you know, I think those ladies are just super talented um, play really tough, real high energy. They just have to maintain that. And I know, again, that's going to be difficult to try and do for another tournament, but if they're playing for something bigger like they did this time, I think they, they might be in good shape. Yeah, and I think that Fayetteville, the scheduling is something that the coach highlighted after the game. And he was mm -hmm. talking about, he jokingly, sarcastically, called himself a dummy for scheduling these tougher <laughs> games. Um, how do you think that scheduling at the beginning of the game will, or the beginning of the season, rather, will help them going forward into this tournament? Yeah, I think sometimes you got to get humbled early, right? You got to, you know, get punched in the mouth quick so you know, like, where the bar is. So you can tell, like, what we've been doing all summer. What have we been doing all fall? Do we have what it takes to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of these really strong opponents? And I think it ultimately will help them in the end because, again, you realize what you've been through and what you have to get to to keep going and try and make strong tournament runs. So I think having a strong – having a harder uh, start is always good for your mental and your psyche because it really is only up from there. Yeah, and okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot. All right, <laughs> you've been I'm doing it all night, spot. but it's fine. Yeah, mad. Somebody gonna be mad. Okay, who's the best fans there? You only get one. Don't don't and don't, Candy. Don't do this thing where well, I thought Winston <laughs> State State did this, and I thought Lincoln did that. No, I'm asking for one group of people. Who would? Oh my gosh! Wow. That's a really good question because everyone had some really good energy. Honestly, Virginia Union. Okay, you was about to do it. Because <laughs> I was about to say Livingstone had the greatest, you know, kid. They had the great, when I say kids, I mean students. But Virginia Union, the way their women seemed really, they were into it, right? So they were supporting their guys. And, you know, I didn't even know Virginia Union had the alumni as deep as they did. But I would give it to Virginia Union. Like, they were up. They were energized. Their royal court was getting it. Like, everybody from game start to game finish, you know, they were all about it. So let's bring it on full circle. Let's bring it back. Virginia, okay. they lost in the finals on the men's side. Yeah. A really good season. Do you think there's a chance, or what's the percentage, I guess I should say, chance that they are able to make it to the NCAA tournament as an as an, um, an at-large, as opposed Ooh. to as winning the tournament? You know, I would love to see that because I think if you uh, – Compare them to Fayetteville State. They're two strong, solid teams. I hate that we even have to have a, you know, you have to win it all or you have no shot kind of thing. I can't wait till we get to the point where HBCU schools are just like everybody else and they can state their cases and all that good stuff. Um, I think it'll be challenging. But also, you know, here you go. Here you got me. I think everybody stinks up here in the men's basketball segment. Like you saw top six teams of the – uh, was men's programs get taken down in one weekend. So everyone has a fair game to get in there. So I don't think they will, but I think they should. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll you know, it. I think I think they should. But again, I think it goes back to the politics of where we're at still with men's college basketball in general. Like it sucks, but don't get me started. See, okay. next question. <laughs> okay, that, that's it. We, we've got to find an excuse to do this again. Like this yeah. back and forth. Of you course. Gotta find some reason. Some reason we're gonna do it. Though. Listen, you can just do Black History Month and we'll just be like, you know what? It's February. We just gotta get an episode with like for the culture, right? We can just whatever you want to talk about, we can just make it up on spot. We'll figure it out. 
100 percent well to the next time because it, it will be a next time to the next time there you go i'll see you man thank you so much all right you just heard candace i put on the spot i asked her who had the best fans i told her, don't dance around with me either get straight to the point and she did it because she's a great sport absolutely phenomenal all that insight is something that you will not be able to get many places and that's why you make lock you your first listen of the day every day and for your second listen of the day go check out draft the draft is until the end of april but it's something that people study all year long go ahead and get educated play catch up because there's no better place to get everything you need to know than locked on nfl draft with eric crocker and ryan tracy and to the meantime and in the meantime in between time to the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace